Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Nick Chino, and I'm joined by my bandmate and co-host, it's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? How's it going, Nick? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. You know, hanging out. So it's Wednesday night in the city of Hamilton, Ontario, and we're doing know, a we podcast. Have, we have a good, we have a good podcast for everybody. So, but before we start, make sure everyone who's watching goes down and hits the like button, hits the subscribe button, hits the bell for the notifications, yeah. and write a comment. What's a review? Five star it. We don't want four stars. No. We don't want three stars. Unacceptable. We want fucking stars nick <laughs> every week totally 100 yes and follow us on instagram and twitter at rock squad pod um we've been posting we've been doing the social media thing even uh even been doing the instagram stories look at us we're just uh we're rocking social media content <laughs> providers my friend content yeah. <laughs> i know look at that eh yes rock squad pod is where you can follow us uh everywhere um and we got some some cool stuff coming up on the uh, on the show tonight your uh, your headlining topic we'll be talking about nine inch nails we got some opening act topics coming up as well and we'll be ending off the show tonight with our tracks of the week i should probably mention uh for the tracks of the week that we just launched a spotify playlist that rounds up all of our track recommendations that we've been doing on the tracks of the week every week here on the uh, on the show dave we even had it in the, in the meatloaf from last week a little uh, life is a lemon i know that was your recommendation so we're rocking some meatloaf in the playlist we're rocking some food fighters uh we're rocking all sorts of good stuff so people should definitely check it out awesome all right so let's uh before we get to the opening act topics of uh, of tonight's show i just wanted to talk about a little a little topic that uh that uh, came across my my desk this week as i was uh, on social media a, a band that i just recently discovered they've been around for a while but i'm just been recently getting into them one of the bands on our tracks of the week uh uk rock band while she sleeps a song called nervous is what got me into them recently that they did with uh, simon neal from 50 clyro um and what these guys have done along with their new album which is called sleep society is that they've launched this new patreon and this kind of gets into stuff that we've talked about before on the show they've launched this new patreon uh called the sleep society which is basically a place for fans of the band to go and you know pledge their support towards the towards the band and their ongoing efforts the band provides lots of uh, of different content as uh, as extras for for fans to check out so you know, there's different tiers it's patreon there's different tiers available and different things that you can get like uh vocal lessons you can get guitar lessons and drum tutorials um they're doing a, a little bit of a cooking segment they're doing all sorts of things to provide content for their fans and this actually has created I don't know if it's controversy, but definitely a little bit of discussion from while she sleeps, sleeps fans, because you know me, whenever I read anything on the internet, if I see a band post anything, uh, I have to hop into the comments, even though I know it's going to be absolutely horrible <laughs> and that there's not going to be anything good in the comments. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Uh, and I saw some, some fans, um, uh, complaining a little bit about this this whole thing saying that if bands all did this kind of thing where they have a a patreon and charge a monthly fee for for access to certain content that it might be uh freezing out fans and you know maybe not be uh as uh as valuable to fans as they would hope it would be um and this goes back to a conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago on the show we talked about spotify and how that whole payment uh, method doesn't really work the distribution of royalties and that kind of thing um so dave what do you think do you think fans have have a, a point when they when they say to bands that maybe it's not reasonable to be asking for a monthly subscription 
I think it all comes down to content, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I think it's, yeah, like, you know, we, we have this conversation all the time about, um, you know, what, what the industry is left for the musician and like where the yeah. artist um, has an opportunity to make some extra cash or cash at all. And I, I don't know, I, I, I do think that at the beginning of, um, you know, more internet-based campaigns and stuff, we, we both had an issue with the kind of like the GoFundMe artists a little bit. Right. Like it, it came out at a time where the transition between major labels and, and uh, major indie labels was still like pretty prevalent. And then it was like, it felt like you were being asked to do something that wasn't you're asking accepted. you're asking for people for money up front to basically yeah like yeah, like like give me some money and i'll make you a record right. and we've never really been uh we've never really fallen followed that not at all um, yeah. that formula at all like we've always you know like we can attest we've been a you know a bar band and a you know a, we've been everything in between for 15 years 20 years so uh when we whenever we want to make a record we play shows and make money and put that money into making the record for people we never ask them to do it in the beginning. Now, that being said, uh, that was at the beginning of this whole situation. Streaming was not a thing. Um, you know, all that garbage hadn't started yet. So nowadays, uh, based <laughs> There's on- still a revenue it, stream somewhat back then. There, there was something. So like nowadays, I think that we have to, um, as artists, we have to come together and find, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's uh, the Patreon or whether it's uh, fans only, whatever your, I know fans only is, it was started as more of a, like an adult thing, but it seems yeah. now like it's turning into more like kind of what a Patreon is. Which yeah. Is well, fine. if fans want to go on there, they can show their junk. That's a way to, uh, to gain support sure. in monthly. No, uh, but I've, I've seen some band campaigns now, like they're actually like, instead of like right. just using the platform as opposed to the thing. So if you want, yeah, if you want, if you're in a band and you want to make a little money showing your feet to some guy in Norway, then that's, that's cool too. But whatever it takes. Um, yeah, exactly. But we're in a weird spot, man. Like the, the revenue streams are few and far between nowadays for artists. There is still licensing and these things, but we know like it's hard to get licensing spots. It's hard to do all those things. It's hard. It's hard to get on, um, you know, shows. you got to build your own. you got to build your own thing. you got to build your own system. And if that means that you you have a group of a couple hundred people that are willing to give you five, seven, ten dollars a month to help push things along because they love and support you by all means. I think that's, I think that's how we're going to save the arts, to be honest with you. So yeah. uh, I, like, I know, I know there's some people that'll say, Oh, you're going to leave some out, but let's be honest. It's 2021. There's going to be a video or a, or something for free somewhere for you to enjoy. Right. It's there's not, still you're not going to be completely cut out, but for yeah. those that do enjoy the band more or the artist more than the regular Joe, you can support them. And yeah, it's, that. Yeah. It's needed, man. Like we know, like what, you know, we're, like putting out a record costs thousands and thousands of dollars and right. at, at any level, it doesn't matter if you're just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it, the, the worst of the worst is going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, um, you know, any, any little bit helps. I think that people should start adapting to this formula to help out the artists, because if we don't and, you know, you get a penny per song and there aren't clubs to play in and there aren't festivals to play at this all goes away right you know so there needs to be something yeah and that's yeah. the thing there still is especially with this while, while she sleeps band there's still the record they still made the record so at the sure. base level 
you still have the record that you can stream on Spotify and everywhere else and buy the CD. And like you're saying, if you want to go deeper, if you want to pledge your support a little bit more, then you can, you can definitely do that. That's, that's up to you and how you spend your, how you spend your money. The only thing for me that I was thinking about is from the band's perspective is that, and they're doing this of their own free will. They're doing this because they want to, but what does it take? How much does it take in order to drive that value for fans? Like I was saying that they've done, uh, you know, they do vocal lessons, they do drum tutorials, video tutorials, cooking videos, this, that, blah, 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 everything under the sun. It feels like it might be a little bit too much. And it seems kind of unreasonable when you think about the past. And I know the music industry has changed so much over the last, whatever, 20 years, even beyond that. But you know, before a band would go into a studio, make a record, get out of the studio, uh, go on the road, promote the record for however long, a couple of years, uh, and then go back and make another record. They would engage with fans. You know, you have meet and greets, you have this and that. Obviously, the band can't, the bands can't do that because they're not on the road right now. Um, yeah. So hopefully that comes back to, you know, some sort of sense of normalcy. But it just feels like the band has to go through quite a bit just to get enough out of their fans do you know what i mean and then the fans are resistant because they feel like you know the band is asking too much even though we know how hard it is for for bands to generate income especially if they're not a huge name and these guys are a working band just like everybody else so i don't know what it is i don't know what the balance is it feels like these guys really have to sell themselves and really put themselves through the gears just to get some sort of return well you gotta you gotta earn it you know what i mean like that's the thing like having your your albums available isn't enough you know and i think but you know if you're doing a five to ten dollar a month thing you know and you're looking at it as like a dollar a week or two dollars a week or dollar fifty a week whatever you're looking at it as a subscription um it honestly it shouldn't it shouldn't take that much i think if you if you have your your content and your music videos and all the media that you would expect to find and then you throw in one or two things a month that are exclusively for you. I think that's enough to make the fans that are going to do yeah. it, do it. And I think that the fans that are going to him and ha about it are the same ones that don't care that Spotify is only paying, you know, 0.004 cents. Right. They're not going to buy the record. So they're just streaming it. And you're not winning them over anyway. Completely evil. <laughs> yeah. But you're not going to win them over anyways. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're not. They're not paying, they're not buying the VIP for your show. They're yeah. Not and they were complaining the that because if the band offers, you know, advanced ticket sales through their Patreon, you know, other fans are missing out on that. But that's not any different than any other pre-sale that happens when a band no. goes out and plays a show. It's you have to the be Spotify pre-sale, the Ticketmaster pre-sale, and this pre-sale sure. and these pre-sale. There's always going to be a certain select amount of tickets that are going to be blocked off for the general sure. public. Um, so I don't really buy into that. I agree with what you're saying that the bands, you know, or fans should um, spend accordingly. If they don't want to do it, if they don't want to spend the money, sure. that doesn't mean the band shouldn't offer these perks. Right. Sure. Yeah. And we're talking about such a small, like we're talking about, you know, you get like, you know, how many fans of how many bands are we fans of and yeah. we don't subscribe to their Patreon, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean it's the do like the end of everything. But if right. there is a band that you're passionate about and that you love or is a new band and you know that could use your support, it is a great way to just keep that community vibe going, especially in times like these where we're not sure where we're even going to be able to play shows or when we're going to ever be able right. to play shows. So yeah. to just keep it on, you know, and that's the thing, you, perks of being a fan of the band. 
That's why you should go and like a fucking band is because you're going to get better seats at their show. And yeah, like those are all the things that we would do anyways. Like, you know, special guest list, special meet and greets, special drink deals, whatever it's going to be. That's why you're that's why you're in that band. You're, you're part of that brand and you're part of that culture. Like, that's the whole point of the whole thing. So I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. worry about the people that don't get it. I don't think they're ever going to get it. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, for me, I think when I think about supporting a band, you know, say for when, you know, Biffy Clyro or Don Broco or whoever comes around um, for me, I always think, okay, well, if I want to support a band, I buy the record, you know, maybe yeah. buy it twice if it's on CD and LP, and then I buy a ticket to the show. And that's sure. to me, you know, a, a reasonable level sure. of support, but from a band's perspective, I'm wondering if that's enough anymore, especially, you know, if, if is that one CD sale or that one LP sale enough, or is that continuous streaming um, presence enough? You know, if I'm, is it better for me to pick up the album at one time deal on CD or on vinyl, or is it better for me to keep streaming it constantly yeah. on Spotify? You know, is that well, what's going to be the better result for the band in the end? I think if it's an in, if it's an independent band or like a major indie band, I think either of those is going to do it. Like if yeah, you're still, like I've, been, I've I've been with you at a show. Like I even behind you, I remember you buying the Don Broco flag behind yeah. you. So like you know, this shit's not cheap. You know, a shirt of Don Broco thing, you're looking at eighty bucks at a show. Yeah, plus the plus the ticket, plus the fifty dollar LP. When you start think of it that way, compared to like a ten dollar a ten dollar a month membership into a patreon yeah. that would be you know 120 bucks for the year mm-hmm. then you know like you, you're yeah. almost there already if not even right. more and that's this yeah. is more of the it's the continue the continual like the, support. It, it, it's the continual support which opens up a like you know and i know opens up a lot more doors knowing that that's the way it is mm-hmm. and i'm down i'm down man i think i think that um the you know the way cable has moved the way even during the pandemic that bands have moved to live performances and doing them for different parts of the world and releasing them on different days. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then adding that into their paid, you know, and we, and we have plans to do a paid membership thing with our, with our work too. So yeah. it's, it, I think it really will be the, uh, the, the future. future. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I see myself, if that's the way it goes, you know, you pick your top five or whatever favorite bands and those would be the ones that you, sure they support for sure exactly, all right well exactly. that was uh that wasn't even our opening topics that was just some Ooh. some opening chatter but uh that was that was good and so i i and while she sleeps is a band i think that is very deserving of people's support and i really dig their new stuff the new record's very good so uh let's get to this week's opening act topics a couple of off the top uh topics that we want to talk about in the world of rock music news the first one and i feel like a broken record because we've been talking about dave Grohl so much on the show over the last we've only been this is our sixth episode I feel like five out of six, we've been talking about Dave Grohl because he's done something new every single week. Uh, but this is the one, the latest one that he's that he's been involved in. This is a collaboration with his daughter Violet on a song called Nausea. It's a, a cover um, of a LA punk band called X um, that they they're doing for the upcoming documentary. Another thing that Dave Grohl has on the go called What Drives Us. Um, they did the song on Jimmy Kimmel last night with Chris Novoselic on uh, on uh, on bass, which was really cool. A little a mini Nirvana reunion. Um, and we don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but uh, 
you know, we've talked a lot about Dave Grohl. He's got What Drives Us. He's got the documentary. He's got his book. He's got the documentary series about the rock moms that he's doing with his mom. He's got this collaboration with his daughter. He's got the new Foo Fighters uh, record. He did the song with Mick Jagger. The list goes on and on. Uh, what did you think of this uh, this track, Dave? It's a cool tune. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, it's it's Dave overkill right now in, in the world of rock. I think. <laughs> it does feel but, like a uh, little bit overkill, yeah. It's a little, a little bit much. You know what I really like? Like the song's fine, and um, you know it's a good performance on uh, Kimmel and stuff. But uh, I, you know what I love? I love seeing Chris Novoselic uh, playing because the guy loves to play. Yeah, and he looks like he's having so much fun. Yeah, every time he plays, and you don't see a lot of them. So when you yeah. get to see him playing, it's like he like there's there's a shot in that Kimmel performance where. It's like, you know, it's on Dave and his daughter and the band and back and forth. And then they just kind of shoot over and Chris is playing bass. And he's just, he's just, he's just so happy. Yeah. He's just so happy. And you're like, oh, man, like, you know, it's, it's too bad we didn't see more of uh, him earlier on in the uh, the evolution of everything Nirvana. You know, like it, it would it, like I know there were projects here and there, but, um, you know, they kind of got pushed to the side because of uh Dave Grohl and everything and right. of course um, you know he did play on a song on Wasting Light back in the day yeah I should have known uh, yeah. yeah I should have known yeah great tune right and um, so he has done these little things here and there but I just love that he's having so much fun like yeah. that everything that, that those guys have been through and stuff that just playing a song an old punk song that they all love still gets them off like I'm down I think it's I think it's great uh, I am a little overkill with Dave Grohl, but uh, <laughs> uh, if, if it has Chris Novoselic smiling and having a good time playing bass, I'll watch it. Yeah, for sure. And Violet has a great voice. She's obviously sure. oh, yeah. uh, taken to being a musician pretty well herself. Uh, so it was really, really cool. She does some vocals on the new Foo Fighters record on uh, making a fire on Cloud Spotter, adding in some of those high end, uh, high end harmonies, which is really cool. So she's got a cool voice. Um, and X is a band, an LA punk band. I can't claim to really know much about early 80s LA punk. I know Pat Smear from Foo Fighters was was part of that scene with the germs. Um, I don't I'm, I can't be super familiar with X's music. Um, I don't think I'd ever heard the song before this cover version, which you know maybe that's a maybe I shouldn't say that. People are like, you don't know early 80s LA punk. What do you you don't know what you're talking about? You're a fraud. Um, which Go easy, um, go easy on us, guys. Uh, but there, I guess there is a little bit of like a family connection too, because this ex band had a drummer um, who had an awesome last name by the name of Bone Break, who happened to be connected to Dave Grohl's grandmother, whose maiden name was Bone Break. Um, so yeah, I was going through it. It was a, one of the stories that Dave uh, Grohl posted on his Instagram, on the Dave's uh, True Stories Instagram. Um, so. Yeah, all sorts of family connections going on there. Uh, and then, you know, he's passing it on to the next generation. Um, and yeah, I love seeing Chris Novoselic on, on bass too. I've been watching a lot of Nirvana videos on YouTube. And I don't think I really appreciated his bass playing as much as, oh, no. as, much as I do now. And you're a bass player, obviously. So he's, he's you know, influenced you. And it, like, you know, there, there's got to be a lot to enjoy there as a bass player. Sure, man. You know what else is really weird? Um, I recently read that... Francis Bean is in uh, Kitchener living with Justin Bieber making a record in Kitchener, Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're right like on the right house. Yeah. Right in our backyard. They're like, you go find them. where are they? <laughs> they're at the, they're at the Beebs mansion. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, know, I I, I talked to the Beebs not too long ago and he invited us over. Yeah, gonna <laughs> go check it out. Yeah. He was like, next time you guys are near the near the castle, come yeah. over for a skate, come over for a sandwich. Nice. We'll, we'll prank call some Baldwins. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We'll do it all. We'll pull out the phone book. Like, who can we call? Who can yeah. we call? Well, you know, this is a rock show, but that doesn't mean that we can't get into doing Justin Bieber news on the reg. We're good, you know, we're good guys. Do you probably hang out with us now? Now yeah, that he's cool not pissing in, pissing in uh, kitchens and hotels and stuff, I think yeah. like it's like you know we're pretty level-headed. We went to Catholic school, you know. We're yeah. not, uh, you know. But I think we could hang out. I think we could probably teach him a few a few things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll bring our guitars. We'll do a little jam. It'll be awesome. I, I, I dig it. Put the word <laughs> right out. On. So yeah, thumbs up on the uh, on the Dave Grohl and uh, Violet Grohl uh, collaboration on the uh, the cover of Nausea. Uh, so uh, let us know what you thought of the song in the comments here on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the, uh, to the program. Uh, let's get to our next opening act topic. And that is the rock and roll hall of fame, super, super bowl exhibit, uh, Cleveland's rock and roll hall of fame, a place I've never been. Dave has been, uh, to the rock and roll hall of fame. Uh, it's launching a new exhibit dedicated to the super bowl halftime shows of years past, um, among the rock memorabilia that's going to be featured at this thing is uh, Prince's outfit from uh, super bowl 41. Bono's uh, American flag jacket from the uh, 9-11 tribute at Super Bowl 36, as well as uh, as well as others. This uh, exhibit runs at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland from April 29th, which is tomorrow to May 1st. So we're obviously going to miss this day. We are not in Cleveland right now. Uh, we will not be able to make it to Cleveland in time for this uh, for this exhibit. Um, but uh, if we were in Cleveland. Uh, I, I might go to this. I was thinking about some of my favorite um, um, past Super Bowl performances. Uh, Prince was obviously great. You uh, yeah. too. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith in 2001 was one of my favorites. Oh, that was a good one. That was uh, a good McCartney one. McCartney in 2005. That was good. Um, that was a good one. The Stones in 2006. Um, Tom Petty in 2008 Fantastic. was great. Um, rest in peace, Mr. Tom Petty. And, but then I was looking for the last 10 years and the rock performances at the Super Bowl halftime show have been severely lacking over yeah. the last 10 plus years. Um, yeah. If we were in Cleveland, Dave, I mean, we were hanging out, would you want to be like, hey, Nick, let's go check out the Super Bowl exhibit? Uh, you know, other than the wardrobe malf- malfunction with Janet Jackson, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know jacket. what it- <laughs> I don't really know what could be there that would, uh, you know, I guess there's probably a Michael Jackson glove and, uh, you know, the Prince stuff would be good. But, I, you know, I've been there a few times for a few exhibits and they do a really good job. So I'm sure there's some interesting, like if you're a, if you're just a music fan to go and uh, check it out, I'm sure, I'm sure they got some good stuff going on. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure what they're going to have, but other than like Michael Jackson and Prince guitar, and I don't even think he was Prince then. Wasn't it just the artist? I uh, know. I think that, he was back to being Prince. I think he was, yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was back to being Prince by then, I think. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, um, it's, it's a cool place to go. There's definitely like, you know, we're nerds. So we love just, you know, reading stupid signs on guitars. Like this was his guitar. Oh my God. You know, know, and, uh, (laughs) so we like that shit, but like, I don't, I don't know how deep I would get in the Super Bowl room. Like, right. You know, like, so I don't know, but I have been to some good, uh, some good ones. I went to the Bruce Springsteen exhibit when the Bruce Springsteen exhibit was there. Nice. And I and I went to uh, the exhibit for Beatles when they reissued Help. Nice. 
so i like That's they had cool. like a theater going with help and like a ton of Beatles stuff and, right and all that jazz and they were both good and i'm not a huge and i know we're probably going to get hit with this one i'm not a huge springsteen fan Ooh. but it was a great it was a great exhibit yeah well, well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, the thing is about the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and this Super Bowl thing. Now, I'm not saying that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, is the epitome of of artistry and and legitimacy. It's it's obviously a commercial enterprise, and it celebrates some of the more commercial sides of the rock and roll industry. Um, but it's almost like with this kind of exhibit, like it, they could do a future exhibit where they would be talking about, you know, rock's best, you know, commercial partnerships. You guys remember when Aerosmith teamed up with Pepsi? That was yeah. fantastic, man. What That was a good time. You know, they're, they're yeah. the favorite totally. partnerships, you know, oh, remember yeah. when, you know, Tom Petty drank Budweiser, man, that was so cool. So, you know, yeah. there's a certain commercial uh, corporate side to this whole exhibit Super Bowl thing. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. It could, yeah, you'll definitely have like the the wing of the Hall of Fame where it's Britney and Pepsi. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like all that kind of shit. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a little hammy. Like the, the Hall of Fame in general, like they haven't done a great job in representing what they're supposed to be doing. I think. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you see the nomination list and you're like, I don't know, man. I think Rush deserves to get in before Bobby Brown. In yeah. My well, Rush is in now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now they are, but there was a long time that they weren't well, in there. They're backed up, right? They have a long list of artists that haven't been inducted in many years, sure. and I think they should do those ones before they do more recent ones. Sure. But like, you'll get like a year where it'll be like Sinead O'Connor, and you're like, what? Who's like, really? Like one one single and one rip up the folk picture, and you're in the hall? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah, well, you know, Foo Fighters are, you know, we were talking about Dave Grohl. Foo Fighters are nominated for, yeah. uh, or, or they're in the running for the nominations. Fans are voting sure. for that right now. Sure. Um, I don't, like, last time yeah. I checked, I don't think they were close to getting in. No, I, it's I, it was shocking to me. Yeah, and I, even, though, even though I love the Foo Fighters, they're one of my top five favorite bands of all time. It's not time for them. They're, they're, like I said, there is a long line of bands that sure. need to be inducted. I feel they should just do it based on a, you know who was there first kind of thing you know so they were yeah, like a union card yeah exactly you know yeah. so who's seniority, seniority right who's got seniority let's base this on seniority and get these ones out of the way but they only induct what five yeah uh maybe six artists a year so they got a long backlog and then you get somebody like uh um Alex Lifeson from Rush when he did his speech when it fin- when they finally got inducted and he was just uh, saying blah 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 yeah. uh, because he knew it was kind of bullshit it is kind of bullshit sure. right it is bullshit man yeah. it, it's so it's so funny when things try to be rock and roll it's hard to do yeah when you try to be like to put off the persona of this yeah. is rock and roll because most things aren't rock and roll man rock and roll aren't rock and roll like, yeah. that's just the world is you know. Yeah, you know, we got to tear down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Burn it to the ground. The mistake by the lake. <laughs> Is that what they call it? No, that's what they used to call the football stadium down there. Oh, okay. But yeah, okay. Even though the Rock, it's got that, it's a pyramid. It's very nice. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. It's like the Louvre. It's the American yeah. Louvre. That's all it yeah. is. I've never been there, even though I'm I'm uh, totally dissing them and saying that they're they're shitty. Uh, I I still would love to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's definitely on the bucket list. Can't have to do that eventually. Sure, I'll go with you. It'll be fun. Right, well, hey, we'll do a podcast from there. 
live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's Rock Squad. Oh, yeah, right by the you. right by the Super Bowl exhibit. Can we even say Super Bowl? Because when I used to do the radio thing, um, you had to say the big game. The game, yeah. The game exhibit. Brought I'm not sure how that Pepsi. works. I bet you if we said it enough, we'd get pulled. We would pull, they would pull monetization or monetization of, of the show. But yeah. whatever. GPS, man. Minus <laughs> location. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our last opening act topic for this week's show. And that is new rock releases coming out uh coming out this week there's some some big ones um one of them being the new royal blood album their third studio record called typhoons and the other one by a band that i know dave appreciates manchester orchestra uh they have a new album coming out called millie masks of god these are the big ones that are are coming out this week and i know royal blood has gotten a little bit of flack we've heard four tracks from typhoons before it before it came out and i know they got a little bit of flack from fans saying oh no they've they've gone funky they've gone dancey they've gone pop and for a lot of people especially if you're somebody who leans more into heavy music or metal anytime a band has a funky beat they've immediately sold out and are not rock and roll anymore uh, but i have to say i really do love the the new royal blood the four tracks that we've heard from the album so far um so i'm really looking forward to this we're going to do a rock album review here on the channel and uh i haven't really followed manchester orchestra too much over the years uh, a couple of songs here and there but i did stream um the the three tracks from from million masks of god today which i enjoyed they're not bad Maybe not yeah. as, as punchy as I was hoping, but they were enjoyable. Are you looking forward to these uh, these records, Dave? You know, I, I used to be really into the Manchester Orchestra, uh, like on their first record and stuff. And uh, yeah, I saw I them live that. a few times. And they're they're a great band. Um, you know, they dozens and dozens of songs that are great songs. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging what what they're doing still. It's you know, uh, maybe it's you know, it's a little old. It's a little tired. For it, it's been about like. I think this is, they're probably been a band for about 15 years now. Yeah. It's and, uh, you know, and, and they, you know, they seem to shake it up enough to keep me interested. So like I'm, I'm down, I'm always down for whatever Manchester mm-hmm. orchestra Royal blood. On the other hand, I love Royal blood, man. I think they're one of the, one of the best rock, uh, duels for sure. We're going right now. Like, um, there's not much they do that. I don't like every time they do something that somebody doesn't like, I seem to like it more. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm sold. Take my $5 a month. You know, where's yeah. their Patreon? I, I would definitely pay for a Royal Blood uh, Patreon. Right? Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I'm really into it, man. I think that the the, the new songs are sounding great. And the, the three other singles that they've released already. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I like them. I like it. Oh, yeah, I, I don't, they can stay funky. They could even go popular. And I don't give a shit. Because you know what, yeah. guys? We still have two fantastic hard-hitting records. And then they can... And the new stuff's hard hitting too. It's it's no, it's a little bit. I agree, little I agree too. Yeah, yeah, and the the you know the melodies themselves are still uh, pretty rocky, and the guitars are sure. still there. The drums are still there. Even if you can shake your butt to it a little bit more, I don't think that's a bad thing. So, yeah, I think there. I you know I can see them doing, especially with like the first single. I think it was it had like a piano kind of thing going on. Yeah, and that's interesting because like the the lead singer of that band is like a like a really classically trained pianist. And he just happens to play bass and sing. So it'll be interesting, kind of like a Matthew Bellamy kind of situation. Mm. Like, like, I wonder what's going to come out now when they throw a keyboard up on stage and he's yeah. playing the bass. And so I think, I think uh, technically it's going to be something to watch. If you've ever seen them, you realize that, you know, he does play bass, but he has, you know, some, uh, 
some su some sub pedals going and some other fun tricks to make his guitar or his bass sound like a guitar yeah. half the time and that sound like a bass the other half of the time it's fantastic it's very interesting to watch especially since there's only two of them you never really get bored because you're like how how are they doing so much stuff at one time yeah so yeah if they throw in another element like a you know like a keyboard or like synths and stuff like that i'm down i think it's interesting i think it's interesting yeah. they're keeping it fresh for being a band that's two people like i think yeah. they're doing everything they can and it's working yeah well i was watching a little bit of their live video uh the other day on youtube and they did have some backup people um oh. we're doing some some keyboard stuff some backup vocals some percussion cool. stuff um i know maybe that might be sacrilege especially the thing with when you're a band that starts out as a two-piece um anytime you try to expand beyond that people tend yeah. to call you on that because look, you're a two-piece that's cheating if you add any other any other uh instrumentation when you think about the white stripes they stayed as a two-piece for the majority of the time sure. uh, black keys added extra in instrumentation after a while i think that's just the natural yeah, got a progression like when you're producing music the more instruments you add we know that when you're in the studio you're going to add a million instruments you're going to add all the the bells and whistles to make it sound as good as possible and then even though you're a two-piece when you go see a band live you expect them to be able to replicate that sound <laughs> so you're knocking yeah. them for not being a two-piece but at the same time you still want them to be able to replicate the sound that you hear on the record so it's kind of yeah. you're, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place but i think royal blood have struck that balance i think if they added in any other elements you know they have the backup people doing doing that thing but if they added in another guitar player then maybe people might cry foul on them yeah i agree man i don't know i don't have a problem with like like we get how it goes i don't i don't want anybody's creativity to be squashed right because you don't have expectations you yeah. know you don't have an extra hand playing a part or something so if it means to bring a few people along for the ride a good show is a good show, man. It means they know what's missing if they right. have somebody there, you know? Yeah, they definitely need to, to fill it out. So we're looking forward to the new Royal Blood. Uh, I'll do a rock album review on the on the channel this week. I, I have a feeling I'm going to like it. I already like the four songs they've released, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest. It should be cool. Sweet. All right, those are our opening act topics for this week on the Rock Squad podcast. Let us get to this week's headliner topic, and that is Nine Inch Nails working on new music after an Oscars win. This past weekend, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross won the Oscar for Best Original Score for Pixar's Soul. It's kind of hard to uh, think about the guys from Nine Inch Nails doing the soundtrack to a Disney Pixar film, but somehow they made it work. Uh, and they said that even the day after they won an Oscar, they're not going to take a break. They're going to go right in the studio and start working on Nine Inch Nails music. Uh, Trent Reznor was saying that they tend to like to move between the two types of, uh, of modes that they have as a band. They, they do the Nine Inch Nails stuff, the Rocky industrial stuff, and then they move to orchestral stuff and doing doing soundtracks and composing that way um so me personally I've, I've fallen off the nine inch nails train a little bit over the last you know five or six years uh i was a huge fan of the soundtrack that they did for the social network that's one of my favorite uh soundtracks ever even though it, it, it's basically nine inch nails it sounds like nine inch nails and i haven't really dug in too much uh into their soundtracks from from the last you know five or six years because they've done quite a few after that uh and i, yeah, I haven't really listened to a lot of nine inch nails in the last last little while aside from i enjoyed the hesitation marks record in 2013 uh the ad violence ep from 2017 last year they continued the ghosts uh record project that they did which is just instrumental 
stuff that's similar to these the stuff they've composed for for movies but i still love nine inch nails um so oh, when yeah. they finally do get around to releasing this new music i'm totally going to be on board because uh they're one of those bands that whenever they come back around i always I always jump back on yeah man didn't didn't they win for the social network too uh maybe i think so i think they did i, I think they did wrong. i have to verify let me, let me check here through the power of the yeah, those those guys are um they're amazing man they're they're great musicians you know i remember one time i had a i had a total built up of like what i thought trent reznor was in my head just based on what i've seen of nine inch nails and then i saw an interview with him one time where he talked about when he started writing songs did they win it yeah they did okay cool cool cool. yeah so yeah two like two time academy award uh composers yeah um yeah i remember i saw this interview with him where he said that before there was nine inch nails when he was trying to get like someone to put money like a record deal that he made demos in like different genres so he made like a folk rock demo and sent it to all the folk rock labels and then he made a pop record <laughs> I didn't know and that. sent it to all the pop records then he made like an industrial record and sent it to all the industrial guys and then he made like a heavy metal record and sent it to a bunch of heavy and the ones that came back were the like like the more electronic like you know like whatever ended up interscope or whatever right ended up thing so that's, that's the direction crazy. he decided for the for nine inch nails so once i heard that it was less of a stretch for me to see him doing shit for movies and you know he's just he seems to be just a very musical person eclectic even yeah. though your your view of him would be you know uh, Doc Martin boots covered in mud at Woodstock, you know. So <laughs> and it's, that it's was that was their old, you know, that was their old uh, their old image in the '90s. When you think back to the downward spiral days, but sure. uh, just like everyone else, Trent Reznor has moved into his dad rock phase. So, oh yeah, uh, it's going to be a little bit different now, I suppose. For sure, man. Yeah, he's they're awesome. Uh, like Trent Reznor never disappoints. Uh, the last time they were they were out, I think they were out with uh, with Soundgarden. I went to that show. I went to the Soundgarden Nine Inch Nails show. Yeah, and uh, it was awesome. It was, you know, obviously Nine Inch Nails show is amazing. Yeah, and um, it's everything you thought it would be and more. You know, I I remember halfway through the set just being like looking at looking at my wife and being like, "What's <laughs> like this is insanity? Like, yeah. what, what are we even like? There's so much going on. It's like we're watching a a play like in a theater or like mm-hmm. you know like it's there's like moving parts and sceneries coming and going and the yeah. band is the band is set up one way and then three songs later it's complete opposite or there's only one like it's it's pandemonium but uh i love it and, and they're great i like it. almost every time they come out i'm, I'm gonna check out for sure what they got pumping yeah. but uh hopefully it's cool man like they seem to be in a good run of uh workflow mm-hmm. they seem to kind of hit the weezer workflow so <laughs> yeah constant uh, the more constant music <laughs> Like, do you remember like back in high school when it would be like, is Nine Inch Nails ever going to release anything again? Like, yeah, well, that... when, they, when they came out with The Fragile in 1999, yeah. it had been five years since the downward spiral. I know they did uh, um, the Perfect Drug single in between there and some other sure. some other things. But yeah, that was that long wait. I saw them in yeah. uh, 2009, I think, at the Air Canada Center cool. in Toronto. Um, that was cool. like you're saying just insane the production value of the show um the quality of the of the musicianship and the instrumentation was was insane and uh, i i love uh i love trent reznor's voice one of my favorite voices in, in rock absolutely agreed 
Agreed. Uh, for sure. So whenever this thing comes out, we'll be down with it. And uh, I actually haven't listened to the soul soundtrack to which they have won the, uh, the, um, the best original score, but I might have to check that out. It's good. Stream. It's good. It good. I watch it with the kids. Yeah. Oh good. yeah. Did they like it? Was uh, was it a yeah. hit with the kids? The kids love Nine Inch Nails? Um, uh, not necessarily a hit with the kids, um, but it, it was good. I, I enjoyed it knowing what, was, what I was watching. Well, those are the, those are the best movies are the ones that, uh, you know, if they're made for children, but adults, can still get their uh, enjoyment yeah. out of it too, right? Right on. Let's uh, headlining yeah. topic for this week's show, talking about Nine Inch Nails. And uh, that's pretty much it for this week's show. We're going to wrap things up with our tracks of the week, which are our recommendations. Um, like we were saying earlier on in the show, we just created a Spotify playlist that you can check it out. Look at Rock Squad tracks of the week. Uh, we'll be putting all of our recommendations in there so you can check them out along with, uh, along with us. Dave, do you want to give us your tracks of the week? Sure. Uh, since we were talking about uh, duels and uh, two two people bands, let's do uh, my first track is going to be uh, uh, "Any Sense of Time" by the Inbreds. Nice, uh, good East Coast Canadian band to check Classic. out if you've never heard that band before. Um, and my second is a, a new discovery is a band called Big Spring. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a song right now called "Shovel It In," which cool is track, on a couple yeah. playlists on Spotify. A uh, cool band from the UK, uh, kind of a new band. They don't, they don't have much much out, but Shovel It In is a really cool track, and hopefully we hear more of them in the new year. Yeah, for sure. You, you sent that you? track to me the other day, and it was right up my alley. Heavy riffs, yeah. good vocals, drums. Um, we were talking about um, with certain types of rock, when, when it, it just hits you in the way that you really want. And there are bands that lean a little bit more active, that are heavy, yeah. but you know, you don't really, you don't really dig into them as much, but this is a band I think that hits that sweet spot. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, my tracks of the week, uh, another Canadian band that we love big wreck. Um, I was cool. on Instagram and I saw Ian Thornley was tweeting some sort not Instagram tweeting. Uh, he was on Instagram taking a video of, um, some new music that they were working on. And it sounded fantastic. And it made me realize that I hadn't dug into, um, their last record, but for the sun, very much so i took another listen to that and i really like the opening track off of that record which is voices um so really enjoyed that new that song from big wreck uh love love big wreck love ian thornley and my other recommendation is a band that i've been listening to for a couple of years that i just really love it's actually just a one guy pretty much uh jackson phillips and the band is called day wave um and kind of like a beautiful indie dreamy rock which is really cool that i really love um he's got a uh, full-length record called the days we had which is out uh, as well as a couple of eps um and it's just one of those bands one of those artists that i just keep going back to because this one is just happy music uh i love heavy rock but i also love music that can be a little bit dreamy a little bit uh a little bit looser and just really really just beautiful music as well yeah, man, we all got to have a tune to get down to, Nick. We all yeah, got to have. Sure. Some... Like, how am I? How else am I going to have a good cry? You know, if I don't listen <laughs> no, to some no, more no. emotional music, you know, I got to let it out somehow. You need right? to pick it up, man. We need to pop in your life. Go yeah, for sure. Mars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, uh, this isn't rock, but that Bruno Mars song that he did with uh, Anderson Pack, the oh. the Silk Sonic song, fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love that song okay. so much. Um, leave the leave the door open. Good song. Sure. I was yeah. thinking about our song that we wrote many years ago, Leave the Light On. But leave the leave the door open. Yeah. Sure. I think rock track a, is so cool. I think he does a great uh song too with like Chris Stapleton or something called Blow. 
Yeah, Maybe. yeah, that's a really good one. With that Ed yeah. Sheeran's on that one too, right? Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, and like that song fucking rocks. Man. Ah, that's a good one. one. Those, yeah, it's one of those things, man. Um, don't you can't discredit a good pop artist from uh, writing a good rocket. You know, they'll get you every time. <laughs> the thing that people don't realize about rock is that, well, at least with the rock that we like, and we like melodic rock, alternative rock, is that it is pop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it exactly. might be packaged a little bit differently, but uh, the, the, uh, mechanics of good songwriting and the mechanics of, uh, of good production that happens everywhere. It might not be a, a pop song, but that, that thought process is still happening to make it as appealing and as effective as possible. Big time. Agreed. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up the show. That has been the rock squad podcast for this week. We want to thank a lot, uh, everybody a lot for listening and watching. Uh, we're available on YouTube here at rock squad podcast. We're available as an audio podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple, everywhere else, uh, rock squad pod on Instagram and Twitter. Where can the folks follow you, Dave? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, red coast records. You can follow me on Facebook, red coast records um yeah twitter red coast records all of the above remember to subscribe to this video before we say goodbye remember to like this video remember to give us a five star rating if you, we don't want two we don't want three we don't want four we want five stars all or every nothing. single time all or nothing write a review tell us what you think if you disagree do you like big wreck do you know big wreck did we just expose you to big wreck yeah you want to hear wonders of big wreck fantastic uh, also, um, remember we play in a band, we play in a rock and roll band. We write songs. Our band is called fools union. Show the t-shirt.com. I got a t-shirt on. Yeah. We got Thank FU you. merch. We got everything. So check us out. We're on Spotify. We're on everywhere. You would get uh, your music on YouTube. Um, yeah. So check us out. Um, that was a great podcast, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> Thank you for having me on Dave. It was my pleasure. Fantastic. Who hosts this? You're definitely the host. Well, like, you know, I'm just starting off the show. Somebody needs to take the lead. Yeah. No, I, 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 I am glad you are the, the lead. I like, no, I like I'm, following your lead. I'm taking 98% of all the profits, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. I'll but let you, can, you know what I want to cash. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow me at The Walking Nick. Yes. Follow us uh, uh, for Fools Union at foolsunion.com. And uh, yeah, we'll get some rock album reviews uh, coming up soon on the channel. We'll do Royal Blood this weekend. Uh, you can check out Greta Van Fleet, The Offspring, a whole bunch of other ones on the channel as well. So we'll see you guys next week on the Rock Squad podcast. Rock on, Dave. Rock on, Nick. <laughs>